welcome to my podcast. I'm Lisa and I'm an astrologer. My specialty is helping you to see the karma and past lives in your chart. My website is karmicastrology.com and you can find me on Instagram at karmicastrology. So I want to talk with you today about Aquarius and the house it rules in your chart. I want to do this not only to give you more insight into Aquarius and what it shows in your natal chart, but also to give you more of a sense of how the signs ruling each of the houses in your chart impact how you experience that house in this life. So the sign ruling each of the houses in your chart shows both some of the experience and karmic history you're bringing into this life, as well as the tools that you're learning when exploring this part of your life. So let's talk for a few minutes about houses and why it's useful to look at the sign ruling each house in your chart. I use equal house, so you're going to learn the most from me by having an equal house chart as well. If you don't know where or how to get one, or even what kind of chart you have, go to my Instagram profile, at Karmic Astrology, and you'll see three pinned posts at the top of the profile. One gives you a quickie tour of an equal house chart, one explains why I use it, and one shows you step-by-step how to get an equal house chart for free. Now with an equal house chart, the ascendant is the first house cusp, and the 12 houses are all equal in size. This is not the same as whole sign. That's where the first house cusp is zero degrees of the rising sign, and each house cusp is zero. With an equal house chart, each house cusp is the same degrees and minutes as the ascendant. So if you have 20 degrees and 16 minutes of Leo rising, then the second house will be 20 degrees and 16 minutes of Virgo, and so on. The midheaven is placed in as a point, and it is normally in the ninth or 10th house, though it can also be in the 8th or 11th if you were born far north or south. So with an equal house chart, all of the 12 areas of life are fully present, and so are the 12 zodiac signs. And the signs on the cusps of each house in your chart can help you to understand your intentions for this part of your life. Now, everyone has empty houses, and it doesn't mean that you're missing that part of life. They are referred to as karmically neutral because coming into this life, you chose not to focus specific lessons in those areas of your life. And you still have lessons, significant experiences and all that, but you didn't bring in specific past lives that you need to work on or to continue in some way in that part of life. So you'll still engage in that area and through progressions, especially with the moon, as well as transits and your interactions with others, there are times where you'll put emphasis in that part of life. But in general, the houses that have placements in them are going to have more of your life long lessons than the empty ones. The chart will show different reasons why you left certain houses empty. One of the most obvious is to look at and notice if you have placements and signs that naturally rule your empty houses. And this happens a lot. For example, maybe you have like, you know, some stuff in Aquarius and you have an empty 11th house, or you have like sun conjunct Mars and Aries and an empty first house. Signs show past life history and houses are current life focused. So to those areas of life that are empty, those are ones that you just didn't put on your must-do syllabus list in terms of things you have to work on. Doesn't mean they aren't things you won't experience, but they aren't part of these like core lessons that you brought in with you.
so like for example having that empty first house doesn't mean you won't have self-awareness and in fact um, the one I get a lot is people have an empty seventh house and they think oh my god they're never gonna have a partner you know and all of that is just not true in fact some of the most gorgeous relationships that I've had the pleasure um, to see and to do readings for the the people involved and even ones that have these like amazing like deep beautiful connections the people had empty seventh houses in their chart because their their life lessons were not focused in on things about the seventh house that doesn't mean though that they aren't learning things in partnership um, now if you have an empty house and you also have nothing in the sign that naturally rules that house well then you're screwed I'm kidding I have this in my chart it happens a lot it happens all the time and what it means is that you look at the planetary ruler as well as the nodes or other stuff in the chart to see why you left those houses empty. And really, that's a podcast for another day. The point I want to stress is that empty houses are not bad and do not mean that you are missing out on that part of life. So you can have an empty first house and still be self-aware and still engage in self-discovery. You can have an empty fifth house and still have kids or, or you know, be creative. So the more you can let go of judging and trying to come up with hard and fast statements really about anything in the chart, the more you'll really understand astrology. And everything in the chart is connected. So there are ways to see the positives and negatives, the strengths and weaknesses, high and low vibrations, like whatever language you prefer. Um, but it, there's nothing that is like just cut and dried. It only means this one thing and it's good or bad. So one of the beautiful examples of how everything is connected um, is what we're really going to talk about today. And it's when you look at the ruling signs on the cusps of your chart and how they naturally flow and fit together. And as I go around the wheel of the chart and discuss Aquarius on each house cusp, I'm also going to comment on the rising sign that created that wheel, which is why you have Aquarius on that particular cusp. And you're going to see that it all fits together and it all makes sense. And this is true regardless of the degree on the ascendant. So if you have a later degree, which means there's only a small amount of that ruling sign that's in the house, that's still the sign ruling that house. Now there are additional layers to this and looking at a chart like that, you know, that's another story. But everything I'm going to talk about today is addressing the cusp ruler regardless of the degree on the ascendant. And since we are in Aquarius season with the sun in Aquarius, I thought, you know, we'll use Aquarius as the example to go through and look at the chart. Now, one of the most important points to remember about Aquarius is that at its core, it is compassionate inclusion. I got that from the woman I studied with. That is the purest finest expression of Aquarius. I know that a lot of memes and stereotypes like to play up this whole weirdo alien caricature of Aquarius and, and it can be funny but they but those kinds of things don't really express the nature of Aquarius and since you're listening to an astrology podcast you probably already know that. So where does this weirdness come from? Well Uranus rules Aquarius so it's naturally at home there. But to be clear, Uranus is your inner weirdo. Uranus is the weirdness in your chart. It's the energy of your eccentricities. So while Uranus rules Aquarius, the point isn't that Aquarius is always weird, 
The point is that Aquarius is about the natural expression of who you are, regardless of the culture you're in or what the people around you think or expect you to be. So like you could have someone with strong Aquarian energy in a very conservative family, and they may seem very strange or weird because they're not following the social norms. Conversely, you could have that Aquarian kid in this very hippy-dippy family, and they tend to be more traditional or conservative, and that's unusual or weird in that family. So the point is, is that Aquarius is about being who you are, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your surroundings, regardless of where you're living, how you grew up, independent of what other people think. It is literally that beat of your own drummer kind of thing, which isn't necessarily weird, although it can be. So the style of Aquarius is independent of anyone else. Now Uranus is the higher octave of Mercury. So while Mercury is your rational mind and how you communicate via language, Uranus is your stroke of genius. It's that ability to see the connection between seemingly unconnected things and go, oh, I get it. Yes, I see it. Aha, Eureka. Uh, but I don't think anyone says Eureka anymore. Um, it's kind of a cool word though. Anyway, Uranus is that energy of inspired ideas. It sees connection. And spiritually, Uranus is our ability to know that we are all connected. We're all connected to the same source and to each other, whether or not that's obvious to us while we're human. That capacity to perceive connection is at the heart of Aquarius. And this is why Aquarius is compassionate inclusion. Aquarius is a way of expressing that connectedness. It's a very Aquarian thing to include other people, especially those that may feel like they're outsiders. It's very Aquarian to help uh, or like to be able to see the value and contribution of everyone and to know how they can support the team and be supported by the team, how they can be a functioning member of a community as well as how to receive support from the community and how to join in and how to follow the beat of their own drummer. This is also where the observing superpowers of Aquarius come in. Aquarius has a desire and ability to see the truth by looking at people and situations as they are and seeing how everything is connected. So keep that in mind as we go through these house cusps and try to let go of defining Aquarius as just weird because you'll miss out on so much of it. I mean, confirmation bias is real and it, it can catch you up even in astrology because it can prompt you to mostly notice information that supports a belief or idea you already have so as to confirm your belief. That's why it's called confirmation bias. So when you stereotype or narrowly define a sign, for example, you'll tend to mostly notice when it fits and not all those times when it doesn't. So even with a deep and solid understanding of every sign, remember that not everything reduces to a sign. And what I'm sharing with you today are themes that will vary a bit based on how it shows up in your chart. In fact, Aquarius is the sign with the least tendency towards confirmation bias. So in your chart, it does show um, an area where you have a desire and a willingness to see things as they really are. So let's get started with Aquarius on the first house, which would be Aquarius rising. If your ascendant is in Aquarius, then you came in seeing the world as a place of inclusion for everyone, and your family supported this view. 
So it's likely that they expected you to adapt. You were told directly or indirectly that you needed to support the team, which, you know, when you were little was your family and your community. You may have moved a lot or changed schools mid-year or in some way kept finding yourself in circumstances where you had to adapt. Like maybe there could have been some instability in the family. Maybe there was blended family happening. There could be age gaps between siblings. The key there is, is that you had to keep adapting and you had to keep creating that cohesion. So you tend to be very observant because that helps you to figure out how to adapt and it helps you to figure out other strengths and weaknesses. There's a strong coaching vibe with Aquarius and a successful coach knows how to size up the individuals on their team so that they can have the most success as a team. So Aquarius Rising is always scanning and watching and taking in all the information. It's a very people-watching kind of thing. Ironically, you are often so focused on making others feel included that you may have found that you often didn't feel included or you wondered if you were in fact accepted or if you belong. Aquarius Rising often does not present as particularly strange which is one of those myths that I see perpetuated online a lot. They'll say, oh, it's the, you know, it's the weirdest expression of Aquarius. And generally it's not. So if you have this, then you most likely know how and when to share your eccentricities so that other people feel accepted. And it's this feeling of picking and choosing when to show your true self that can make you wonder if you are accepted. So you're excellent at sensing how to best support group dynamics and you're learning in this life how to fully express yourself and to learn more about yourself by being who you are without concern of the acceptance. So you're learning how to express your true self and to feel accepted for who you really are. Now Aquarius on the second house is someone that is often innovative with their money and with investing. Like if you have this uh, and you're an investor, you're probably more willing to look at global markets, to be socially responsible about investing. You, know, you want to invest in companies that are, that are in alignment with your ethics or values. You're also more likely to share resources. Like, you know, you buy an extension ladder and you let your family know so that, you know, they can borrow it if they need it. You see resources as something to pull together. It's not the same as charity. It's about cooperatively sharing what you have with others. Now, notice that if you have Aquarius on the second house, then you have Capricorn rising. So with Capricorn rising and then Aquarius on the second, people may be surprised at how you tend to manage your money or what you do to earn money. For example, you may present yourself as traditional and dependable, and yet you can be kind of all over the place when it comes to how you use money investing in risky new technology or who you tend to lend money to or how you tend to spend your money. And people think, oh, I'm, they're surprised when they find that out. And now here's a cool thing. If you're into some sort of metaphysical practice or business to earn money, you have the ability to present yourself in a way that seems you know, very socially reliable and respectable. So that can actually be an advantage to you because people will take you seriously. Aquarius on the third is about public libraries and PBS and really the internet. It's all about community access to information. So if you have Aquarius here, then you likely have a need to speak up for others and to communicate in a way that addresses needs beyond your own. So to find your voice in a way that supports inclusion and diversity. 
You want everyone to have the information they need. And lo and behold, you have Sagittarius rising. So your view of life is about spiritual growth and exploration. And one of the ways you express this is in believing that the truth matters. And you want everyone to have the facts, you know, to know the truth. Both Sag and Aquarius are, tr are truth-seeking, but Sagittarius is more about being right, you know, and proving they're right, whereas Aquarius is more about what is the truth as objectively as possible, you know, to be as objective as possible. So, and it's about connecting the spiritual dots for truth. You may often surprise people by when you choose to speak up and what you have to say when you do. Bullies will get you riled up, and you may find yourself... Speaking up when you hear someone being like put down or like belittled or picked on in some way. So do you see how this fits so well with Sag rising and wanting to see the world through a lens of justice and fairness? I mean, I just love how all the house cusps are all connected together. It begins with the rising sign and then it just flows around from there. So while I'm only tying back to the rising sign, this, this connection, like having an Aquarius here, and then it makes sense, you know, uh, that you have that rising sign. And that holds true with all the house cusps. So Aquarius on the 4th is about curating the family, and the, the network that supports you personally. Whether or not it includes any of your original family. Whether it's blood or not. You're building your own personal community in this life. A network of support that you can both, you know, contribute to and feel a sense of connection and receive support from this group. It's also about sort of mothering kids that aren't yours, as well as supporting mothering as a social construct. So, you know, your home could be where, you know, neighborhood kids come, even if you don't have kids. Like the trick-or-treaters all love to come to your house, especially. You know, or like your friends and family that do have kids, they, even though you may not have them, you know, you always have some kind of cool thing for them to do, or they just, you know, they like hanging out. This can also um, be about daycares or places where kids are cared for in a communal setting. Like you could be really effective working in that kind of arena. Um, and I also love the piece about supporting parenting in general. So it's likely that you're really on board with maternity leave and family leave making it safe to breastfeed outside the home and, and, and all of that. Now, with Aquarius on the 4th, you have Scorpio rising. So you likely grew up in a family that had unclear boundaries and priorities. They tended to have secrets and feeling like you had to dig to get the whole picture. With Aquarius on your 4th, you're saying that in this life, you really want to learn how to build a family network that is more clear about being a support network and where people put in what they can and receive what they need. So you bring people together as you build your nest or your little corner of the world through friendship and honoring the contributions of each individual to the whole. So this also makes you able to appreciate a community approach to living, like, you know, living in, a, in, in cooperatives or even like a homeowners association. You know, you can see the value in these rules. I mean, not that you want them to be overly restrictive, but you know, rules that require people not to let their home become an eyesore or where you have like a shared clubhouse or pool or a tennis court that the community gets to use. Um, that can be um, really appealing to you. 
Now, Aquarius on the 5th is perfect for like an artist co-op, community theater, team sports, a think tank, research groups, groups of people innovating together. So if you have this, you also have Libra rising. And part of your desire to develop a more balanced view of life, for life to be fair and beautiful and harmonious, includes creating inclusion through all of this fifth house stuff around creative self-expression. So you're more likely to have eclectic taste because you tend to include most everything. You may love like both you know, avant-garde art and more traditional art. You also may really get into being a fan of the band itself and not just their music. So you, so you would be one of those that would want to follow them on tour. You're also more likely to host or enjoy game nights, um, getting together with people to play, and you can really get into the energy of a live performance, whether you're the performer or the audience member, because you know, you, you're just really going to laugh more and dance more and just feel more engaged by being around other people enjoying the same thing. Now, the fifth house is also romance. And so you're, you may be more likely to actually stay friends with an ex because you tend to be attracted to friends. You tend to be attracted to friendship. So you're more likely to want to date someone because you feel a sense of friendship with them or you feel you could be friends with them. And you also may find it easier to sort of group date and have a group of people to kind of hang out with if you aren't in a relationship. So a group can help fill some of that space of romance in your life, like when you're in between um, relationships. Now, Aquarius on the 6th is about socially conscious service and employment and wanting to bring your social consciousness into your daily routines. Um, that's why it, it also includes like work you do for pay because it's a part of your daily life. You want it to be part of how you live. So you, you care about public health. And more likely than not, you were able to understand why wearing a mask in 2020 was important because you understood that reducing the spread of COVID was not just about you, but also about protecting people more vulnerable than you. You're more likely to care about healthcare beyond just you and your family. And you want everyone to have access to good health care. You want everyone to have clean water. And you understand the societal impact of it just beyond your house. You tend to have good hygiene and tend to your health, not only for your own well-being, but because you understand that we are each able to contribute more when we are healthy and when our needs are met. You also tend to support traditions and rituals and even monuments that bring people together. So, I mean, it could be simple little things like, you know, the annual tree lighting ceremony or things that commemorate like a local, you know, um, little museum of local history or something national like, like a rock and roll hall of fame where people come together, you know, um, from just in, in tourists to sort of share this love of music. You support ways in which we connect with each other through our daily life and through simple experiences, not just the big stuff, but also the small stuff, the simple habits that we build and the shared experiences that we have. You know, you love working with friends and want some connection with people in your daily life. So even though your alone time may be very important to you, you know, depending upon um, how you draw your energy, you still support and want to be supported by being part of a community, part of a culture. 
And sixth house is also music. So, you know, you may love concerts and music festivals and you get how music can be healing. And now notice if you have Aquarius on the sixth, then that means you have Virgo rising. So can you see how everything I just said really supports that Virgo view of life and how you show up in the world? It's all connected. Um, which is another reason why I wanted to do Aquarius for this, because that is the undercurrent lesson that I hope you're getting here, that everything is connected in your chart. Um, so Aquarius on the seventh is a peacemaker. You know how to get people that are dug in with opposing views to come together for a common cause. So you understand how to get these people to talk to each other. I mean, I've seen this in families where you have like these dug in factions and someone has to broker a peace agreement to resolve who is hosting, you know, which holiday that year. Um, usually it's about being willing to observe. And remember, wherever you have Aquarius in your chart, you came in saying, I need to bring my power of observation as well as use it and develop it in this area of life. So being willing to observe and see where both groups are coming from enables you to build a bridge between them to build a connection. Aquarius here also understands the value of the individual to partnering, to partnering, but doesn't require one person to do everything. And I really, I love this. So you may have a best friend, but you also have other friends and don't require your best friend to be everything you need from the friendship. Same with spouses and life partners. If you have this, then you are less likely to require or even seek out a spouse that is everything to you. And by, by that, I mean, they don't have to have all the same hobbies. They don't have to like all the same music. They don't have to do everything that you do. You can still have, you know, other people in your life that you do things with and you're not expecting your partner to be everything to you 24-7. You know, you're good with still having people and activities in your life that support you that your spouse isn't into. And you see that as, as healthy. Um, and interestingly enough, notice that you have Leo rising if you have Aquarius here. And with Leo rising, you are developing, you know, a sense of, how of, of your self-expression in the world. So, you know, you're learning like how to, how to develop and be, you know, your individual self in the world. And then also desiring to learn how to retain that in partnerships. Because, you know, the other thing to look at too, is that if you are listening to this and you're saying, but I want my partner to be everything, but I bet you're finding yourself drawn to partners that you do have less in common with, but you get along great with, and you're learning from them that it's okay to not need them from everything. Because the sign on the cusp is showing us both experience we brought in to use, and also experience we are learning to cultivate in the house it rules. So you're learning how to both have, you know, express yourself in the world, but also, and, and then, but when you express yourself in partnerships, you can keep some of that individuality and, and also give the gift to your partner that they can still be an individual in the relationship. Now, Aquarius on the 8th is about empowerment through community and society. So since the 8th house is intimacy and vulnerability, there's the ability to connect intimately with groups and to deeply understand societal issues. There's also a need to observe people before you get intimate with them. 
to understand them first and to feel a deeper connection of real friendship first. So if you have this, you may find that you're great at making others feel safe, but are a bit more careful about being vulnerable yourself until you've observed enough to choose to be vulnerable. There's always a component of observation with Aquarius. There's also a huge fascination with astrology, with this placement, and really anything with the occult. And there's also an interest in how civilizations and cultures develop, like archaeology and anthropology may be subjects of interest. You know, if you have Aquarius on the 8th, then you have Cancer rising. And I love how these fit together. Cancer rising needs to feel in control of their environment and has like zero tolerance for chaos. They're kind of okay not being in control if someone else has the lead and everything is going well, but otherwise they tend to want to run the show, feel they need to run the show. And part of this is their fear of what will happen if they aren't in charge. And look how I just mentioned that Aquarius on the 8th needs to observe before they feel safe to be vulnerable. So if you have this, it's part of how you protect yourself. And again, I know I'm only doing a callback to the Ascendant, but really I hope this podcast will get you to start looking at how all 12 of the signs around the wheel of your chart just line up beautifully with with each of their houses. And I hope you also see how your rising sign not only informs your view of the world and how you relate to the world because of the sign and degree and aspects and all that stuff, but also because of the combination of all of these house cusps. They all work together to support that view. Now, Aquarius on the ninth shows up a lot with people that have studied abroad or hosted an exchange student. There's such a desire to learn about other countries and cultures and it's so perfect with Gemini rising, right? Like people with this often have an ear for languages and love to engage with locals whenever they travel and anywhere like, you know, the curiosity and language skills of Gemini. Think about how that fits now with Aquarius on the ninth. There's a real search for universal truths with this on the ninth, wanting to seek spiritual truth. So it's a deeper form of justice. Like international law and war crimes could fascinate you if you have this because you're curious about how different cultures impact each other and how their differing laws can be reconciled. And this and it doesn't always have to be foreign as in outside the U.S. It can even just be foreign to how you grew up, you know. So even if it's within the U.S., it's, it's different than what you're used to. So if you have this, you likely have some like innate ability to understand how local customs and cultures impact what is legal and to respect that. So you're someone who, if you traveled abroad, you are going to follow the laws there. Like you may not agree with them or like them, but you get that just because you're an American, you know, you can't just do whatever you want. Like you can't just follow American law. If you're in Germany, you follow German law. If you're in Saudi Arabia, you follow Saudi Arabia laws and so on. So you get that foreign cultures create different laws and you respect them, you know, regardless of your assessment of them. So, um, and even within the U.S., you know, laws vary from even within a state, like from city to city or county to county and from state to state. And you know how to adapt. Like that's one reason you can travel so easily is because you know how to adapt to a foreign landscape. And most of the time when we're observing anything, 
you know, we have our own lens and filter on. So we tend to see what we want to see or judge what we're seeing in ways that can limit how we're able to see what's really going on. And Aquarius is the observer and it desires to see what is wholly present as it is without all the filters and judgments. So with Aquarius on the ninth, like if you have that, you're able to really soak up customs and cultures outside of the community that you came from, regardless of whether that's, you know, here, you know, in your country of origin or other places in the world. And so you're also the ones that tend to study all kinds of subjects in school because you want to observe and learn something about everything. Now, Aquarius on the 10th. So if you have this, there's, there's often a strong pull to do what you believe your community or the world needs from you and maybe ignore what you feel most called to do. Because the 10th house is about your personal contribution to the world and what, you know, you, how you express your authentic self in this life. And that can include a career, but it often is something that isn't monetized or it doesn't have anything to do with a career. That It can be a, like a hobby or, you know, something you study or you, you, you do as an, as a, as a, you know, just a pastime and, or it could be, you know, a role that you've taken on in life, you know, being a parent, being a sibling, it's, it's anything that you feel drawn to do and gives you a way to express your authentic self. And people with 10th house placements often get caught up with perfectionism because there's this sense that whatever our 10th house is, it's something that we have to model and do so perfectly that we're the perfect example. So what the 10th house is really about is our authentic self and giving that to the world. It's not about being perfect. It's learning to be ourselves. So the challenge with Aquarius here is that you can get caught up in responding to the need to be connected and be socially conscious that you ignore who you want and need to be. So it's really important that you pay attention to what you enjoy and do what brings you a personal sense of fulfillment and not judge what you feel called to do based on how well you, you think it serves humanity and to not let guilt or, or that it's frivolous or it's self-indulgent, you know, to hold you back. And interestingly enough, if you have Aquarius, I said self-indulgent, and now I'm going to segue into, if you have Aquarius here, then you have Taurus rising. And Taurus is about being a good steward of resources, and that ties in really well here. But your Taurus rising is also teaching you how to relate to the sensual pleasures of the physical world and embrace them. I mean, you're human right now. You're human, and your Taurus rising is teaching you how to navigate your way through the physical world and manage your needs so that you can enjoy this life and live the life you want. So Aquarius on the 10th is asking you to observe the world around you and lean into what you want to do, what you feel called to do personally, knowing that whenever you follow your bliss and do what you most want to do, you are showing up as your true self and providing the best service that you can do to the world because no one else can be you. No one else can live your life. Now, Aquarius on the 11th house is a match between the house and the natural ruler. And this happens when you have Aries rising. You know, all the signs on the houses are on the, you know, are on the houses that they naturally rule. You know, Aries is on the first, Taurus is the second, Gemini is the third, all the way to, you know, Aquarius on the 11th. And I feel like that's one reason why Aries rising is so willing 
to jump into things because on some level they feel like they showed up here with all the right equipment and are somehow ready to just dive into anything, you know, because they're suited up. They got the right costume. They got the right equipment. You know, they're ready to rock. And with Aquarius on the 11th, you know, that includes naturally falling into team building, team sports, groups, knowing how to navigate organizational politics, tons of friends, also a tendency to bring friends together. And, you know, okay, this can be a cool thing. It can also annoy your friends because most of us have groups of people in our life that are not connected to each other, but you tend to want to connect them. Aquarius on the 11th wants to try to bring them together and that's great but sometimes the groups don't want to cross over like the people you do recycling with may not want to join your softball team um, but the good thing is that you are able to bring people together that have a desire for more connection and so you understand how to bring different groups of people together and you also get that anything any living thing stagnates without change. And this includes groups because groups have a life of their own. And you're really good at recognizing this and knowing how to make these shifts while maintaining the continuity of connection. And so like in, in work environments too, where you're looking at teams and groups of people working together, you're really good at understanding how they need to grow and evolve, but how to keep that continuity that maintains a core of connection. So finally, Aquarius on the 12th. And they're if you have this, you are fascinated with the spaces in between worlds, whether it's, you know, cultures, countries, between, you know, the here and now and the afterlife, um, that you are so able to sort of tap into that space where um, you know how to relate to people that are like in the mix, on the inside, in the culture, on trend, and people that have kind of are living on the edge or have kind of been pushed out of the culture. And you're able to see that everyone has a contribution regardless of how they've been labeled or what their abilities are. Because the observing talents of Aquarius just get that no matter who you are, you have a way to stay connected. And one thing about Aquarius, you know, it, it this this whole detachment thing gets kind of a a bad rap like Aquarius is unfeeling or uncaring, but it's really about, and it's, and it's best expression. It's really about being able to observe what is actually going on and to react to the actual circumstances versus the projections that people make based on their own feelings and filters and all of that. And that's why they're able to see those connections. And that's why they're able to see how people can fit in even when no one else sees that they can fit in. And this is so especially true with Aquarius on the 12th because you're learning that taking a step back will help you to not only have the energy you need for yourself and your life, but it will help you to help others. You can't save everyone. And that's a big lesson for you. And instead of saving them, you're learning how to help others to help themselves. You know, you may find that certain groups of people can even become sort of a sanctuary for you. Like the 12th house is sanctuary and where we go to recharge ourselves. And, you know, I see people with this that have like a specific group activity that that's like their escape, you know, like it's a retreat or it's like a regular night out with this like core group of people 
or it's like having this, you know, um, night where they, you know, um, they go play darts in a local bar or trivia, or they have like this Saturday morning hike they do with certain friends or they have a book club, but something where you feel really comfortable and supported can just enjoy the fellowship and shared activity, but it's still sort of an escape from the rest of your life. Remember, if you have Aquarius here, then you have Pisces rising. And that can include wanting to save everyone, being so compassionate and empathic that you're constantly like taking in strays, helping other people. So with your Aquarian 12th house, you're being, you're, you're saying, look, I need to learn how to take a step back and observe and to learn that I can't save everyone. I'm going to repeat that one more time. You cannot save everyone. And you're learning that even though you may feel enormous compassion, if you continuously just empathize with others, you know, you'll feel drained. And so you're learning how to observe, know that you can like step back, figure out how to be most helpful and still tend to your own life. So that's a run through of Aquarius on all the 12 houses. And I hope that it helps you to under, understand Aquarius a bit more, but also to see how we have all 12 signs in our chart. And even when a house is empty, the sign on the cusp does influence how we approach that area of our life. We came in saying, these are the tools that I have that I want to use. And, and I want to learn how to cultivate this even more in this part of life. Now, if you have placements in Aquarius, you know, take another look at them and see if you can get a deeper understanding of them when you look at Aquarius as compassionate inclusion, connection, shared experience, and observation. You know, the unusual flair stuff is there, but it isn't always there. But these concepts are really the heart of what is Aquarius. So if this was helpful to you, I'd love to know. Stop by and say hi on Instagram. And in the meantime, I wish you a beautiful day.